It's a privilege to be here to share with God's Word again. The theme for this month is the Glorious Church. And I'm looking at the Glorious Church right now. So far, our senior pastor and the chairman has shared with us from their heart about the Glorious Church. And today, we're going to build on top of it. So that brings us to the topic for today. Christ will build His church. So how does this church look like? I think it looks like this. Where God's people worship the Lord passionately. Or how about listening to God's word attentively, like what you're doing now. Where they come together and feast and fellowship lovingly and sometimes with durians. <laughs> or a church where the leaders gather together in unity. A church that reach out to the lost creatively. A church that celebrates 35 years of God's faithfulness, goodness, mercy, grace, and guidance. The question is, how would it be like in 35 years from now? Or maybe a little bit too far. How about three and a half years later? What would BPTC look like? Would it look something like this or like this? even when the service is on. Why not? If we are not careful, become complacent and start to take what God has given to us for granted, this might happen. But the good news is this, Christ will build His church so we have hope. And all we need to do is to do our part before His return. And there are at least three things that I find that um, in the light of our study today that we can do. So let me just share with you very quickly. Yes, Christ will build His church. We need to relearn when the Lord reveals. We need to resist when the devil deceives. We need to reject what the self desires. But before we zoom into this, let's ask God to speak to us. Shall we pray? Whether it's online or on-site, I just want you to take this moment, just quieten down your spirit and Talk to the Lord. Ask God to speak to you. Pray this prayer saying, Lord, speak for your children hears. Just tell the Lord, Lord, speak to me. What do you have for me today? Just talk to the Lord right now on your own. Then after that, pray for me. Say a prayer for me that God will use me to speak to you. Father, as we come before you, give thanks to you for this time. Thank you so much for your holy word. Lord, even as now we look into your holy scriptures, speak to us, open our eyes to behold wonderful truths of your word. Now, as your servant dearly loved by you, speak for your words. May the words that come out from my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Alright, the text for our consideration is taken from the book of Matthew chapter 16. But first, let's take a look at the overview of this book. This book is written by Matthew, and um, a disciple of Jesus, a text collector. As you read the book, it is not difficult to conclude that the theme for this book is the kingdom of God. Many scholars then suggest that the key verse of this book can be found in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, which, which I just read, where Christ, our King, will build His church. That brings us to the text for this afternoon. Matthew chapter 16, 
13 to 20. Allow me to read to you. Now, when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciple, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Jesus said to them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, means son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you buy on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. The Lord bless the reading of his word. The text begins with this word, now. Now. After healing the sick, teaching the masses, feeding the five thousands, now. Now, Jesus came to a place called Caesarea Philippi. Let's take a look at this map. Alright, Caesarea Philippi was about 150 kilometers from Jerusalem where most Jews reside. Jesus just entered into the Gentiles' territory, a place full of idols. It is a place where people worship Baal from Canaan, the god of fertility. They also worshipped this god, a Greek god called Pan. Alright, nothing to do with pancakes, okay? Yeah. Rather, it is a god of nature. And there's this picture of a hill where there's a deep canvas where pen worshippers believe it was his birthplace. This is a place where they would sacrifice babies to worship pen. Jesus lightly was standing in front of this hill, if not the temple, when he asked his disciples two important questions to help them in their learning. And that brings us to the first point for the day, and that is we need to relearn when the Lord reveals, especially if we've been around for a very long time, some truths need to be relearned. To do so, Jesus asked his disciple this question, who do you say I am? Do you know who I am? A story was told of a bishop who was trying to reach out to his mother and finally, the mother agreed to come to church. So the bishop um, said to her, just sit right in front, just sit right in front, right? And I will join you after my meeting. That's what she did. It was then a staff came um, to her and said, Auntie, Auntie, you cannot sit here. These are for bishops. And uh, the mother then replied, do you know who I am? And then the, the staff said, Auntie, I don't know who you are, but you cannot sit here. Then the mother said, I'm your bishop's mother. The staff was a bit shocked, and then he said, I see, but do you know who I am? Then the mother said, I don't. That's great, and suddenly he disappeared. <laughs> I mean, it's not easy for us to know everybody in church, alright, so we don't expect our staff to know who are your parents, alright, so pardon us if, if we don't. But there's one person, all of us must know. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus because he's the head of this church. Similarly, for Jesus' disciples, Jesus asked, 
Who do you, who do the people say I am? Of course, Jesus knew the answer. It is not that Jesus suddenly could not remember. Rather, I believe there are some misconceptions that needed to be corrected. It was then the disciples say, Some say, John, thank. Elijah, thank. Jeremiah, thank, thank, thank. Or even one of the prophets, thank. The answer is none of the above. Not only that this answer were wrong, but all this undermined who Jesus was. Of course, these are godly men, and, but they are just servants of the Almighty God. Jesus is greater than John. Jesus is greater than Elijah. Jesus is greater than Jeremiah. Because Jesus is God and God alone. Sometimes, you know, we just need to learn to learn and learn and relearn. Even when people tell us so. Jesus did not correct them directly. Rather, Jesus continued with another question. There is a question behind the question. This time, Peter replied, Jesus, you are Christ, the Son of the living God. Bingo, Peter! You got it! You got it! Jesus then added, saying, Peter, you are the blessed one because this did not come from you, but it came from my Father in heaven. The truth is that we all need to get to know God better along the way. After all, the church exists because of Jesus and for Jesus. Isn't that true? The question is, then how do we get to know God or Jesus whom we cannot see? The, te the text tells us that it has to be revealed to us. And God has chosen to reveal to us through His holy word. Luke chapter 24 verse 27 reads, and beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them that what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. In other words, the word revealed Jesus, the word of life. Upon this revelation, Jesus proceeded to share a little bit more about the idea of a church. He said to Peter, Peter, on this rock I will build my church. Note the change of names as Jesus addressed Peter. He was at first called Simon, then now Peter. Simon means to listen. Peter really need to listen than to speak more. The word Peter, Petros, has the idea of a small stone. However, the word rock, Petros, means huge stone or huge rock. Some concluded that this rock that the church is to be built upon is Jesus, not Peter. And I do agree. In fact, the idea of a rock is not new in the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 4 tells us this. He is the rock. God is the rock. His works are perfect and all His ways are just. Psalms 18, verse 31 says, Who is the rock except our God? However, we also know that Jesus was trying to redefine for them about the rock, something for them to relearn. In New Testament, Peter got it by saying that Jesus is the cornerstone of the church, where the living stones built on top of it, including Peter. Paul also said that no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the rock of our foundation. With this revelation, Jesus started to talk about keys. 
the keys of binding and losing. What's that? Again, not new to the Jews, because the terms binding and losing they, is something that they use daily to talk about what they could do and what they could not do concerning the law. To bind means to stop. To loosen means to allow according to what God has said. But in this context, the keys here refers to the keys to the doors of the kingdom of God. Jesus gave the keys to Peter to open the doors of faith to all. Acts chapter 2 verse 38 tells us this, the keys was given to the Jews. When many Jews came to know the Lord at Pentecost after Peter preached to them, the keys were also given to the Samaritans at, at Acts chapter 8 when Peter was there. Acts chapter 10 tells us that God gave Peter a vision where the doors of the kingdom of heaven is open to the Gentiles, starting with a Roman centurion. No wonder throughout the century, Peter was presented as a statue with keys in his hands, not fish and chip, even though he's a fisherman. Isn't it amazing that God would choose to give all these amazing keys to a humble fisherman? than the proud Pharisees and Sadducees. There's a change in their mindset for some that God can choose to use anyone as He deems fit and if they are willing. And today, this keys that symbolize authority and power has been given to the church. Not for us to buy and lose whatever we want, but to do so according to His holy word. And the good news is this. Through that, God is going to build His church. However, the text tells us that Jesus then continued to say, don't tell anyone that He is Christ. Why? I believe it's because there's so much more that they need to learn and learn and relearn as the Lord reveals to them. Currently, I'm studying in Singapore Bible College the truth is, the more I learn, the more I realize that there's so much I need to learn and even relearn. Now, relearn doesn't, doesn't mean that um, what I've learned are wrong, but rather there are new truths that I need to learn to build on top of it and also to learn to see things from another perspective. There's so much to learn that I've learned that unless I know what I'm going to learn, I may not know what to look out for. So, in the folder uh, where I kept all my lecture notes, my assignments, my tutorials, I have this file where I, where I titled it, Read Me Before I Study. Inside this file, I list out all the modules that I'll be taking. Each of them, I'll put out two or three objectives that I want to learn from these modules. And as I prayerfully do so, the Lord may tutor me to amend them as I go through the course. And on top of all this, in this file, this is what I wrote. I want to know God. I want to know God. This is a reminder for me that it's not just about knowledge or what the Bible says. It's about knowing God. Knowing God. If our goal is to be more like Christ, isn't it make sense that, that we should get to know God better? That we should know Christ better. So that if Jesus one day asked me, God, one, who do you say I am? I won't give him some theological answers just from textbook. Rather, the answer will come from a walk 
that I had with God as He revealed Himself to me. Is that so for you, my brothers and sisters? The question I have for you today is this. So who do you say Jesus is to you? Who is Jesus to you? Do you know Him well? Or do you even desire to get to know Him better? Is that what you want? Not what people say. Of course, your pastors, leaders, you know, listen to them. But what is more important in the end is from the Word, who do you say Jesus is to you? This is especially true if we have been Christian for a long, long time. We think that we know, but we need to posture ourselves to learn and learn and relearn as the Lord reveals Himself to us. So again, who do you say Jesus is to you? Is He just a saviour or your Lord? Is He the rock whom you stand upon? The answer to this question will then determine how we live our lives. So don't stop learning, getting to know Jesus. And from there, that's how Jesus built His church. Hey, Pastor, not easy. Really not easy. You know, we've got so much time. You're right. In fact, as Christ built the church, we must not forget there's also an enemy out there who tries to stop us from growing even as we try to serve together. That brings us to the second point for the day. We need to resist as the devil deceives. That reminds me of a game that I play at home with my children when they were younger. We call that the giant is here. So what happens is that, you see, I have a piano in my house that is about a few meters away from um, the door, the entrance. And after we put down our shoes, sometimes I will say, the giant is here! Then my children will be like, oh, very excited. They will try to stop me from touching the piano. And of course, when they were younger, and then I'm stronger, so I'll just grab them with my hands and I'll move towards it and touch the piano, and I won. And of course, uh, I was unstoppable. But as they grow older and stronger, you know, I realize that the giant also loses his power. It took me a while before I can reach it, and uh, especially when I try to do it without hurting them. I think home is supposed to be a place, you know, where you have fun, you, you, you bond with your children, and you play. And we've been, actually, we have stopped playing for quite a while because I realized that there is no way I can reach the piano anymore. They're just so. So they just grow up so fast. They just grow up so fast. This is especially true when whatever the fathers eats, the children follow. In life, as we partner with God to build the church, there's also a giant who tries to stop us and he wants to hurt us. And he's the devil. His goal is to kill, steal and destroy. And it comes in different forms. Intimidation, oppression, or even uh, deception. And attack. So the truth is that you know we need to be careful. We need to learn to resist when the devil deceives. We can see that when Jesus shared his plan with his disciples, the devil immediately began his work. Let's take a look. Yeah, this is the piano. Now, from that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, the chief priests, and scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke Jesus, saying, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall never happen to you. But 
Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me, for you are setting your mind on the things of God. You are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of men. The text continued with this phrase, from that time. Meaning, after telling Jesus, after telling the disciples about the church, Jesus continued to review more of what was going to happen to him. He told them he would go to Jerusalem and after that suffer many things and then be killed and raised three days later. It was then Peter began to rebuke Jesus saying, no, this will never happen to you. It's like in Chinese we say, touch wood, touch wood. I think this is made of wood. All right, some interpret this as Peter had a personal agenda possible. But I think it's a mixture because far from it, in the original text, means of is the word heroes. Heroes has this idea of be merciful, be kind, be gracious. So a better translation could be the ISV version that says, God, be merciful to you, Lord, that this shall never happen to you. Or be kind to yourself, sir, this shall never be to thee. Meaning, why are you so hard on yourself, Jesus? Chill, man, chill. It sounded very nice. But then Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan. Hey, another name for Peter? No, no. Right? <laughs> it's, it's still Peter. You know? But the thought came from Satan and Peter agreed to it. What was happening here? Church, we need to recognize there is an invisible war that is happening even right now. Even when I'm talking to you, there's a war going on. Someone once put it this way. A Christian journey is not just a spiritual walk with God, but a spiritual battle or warfare against the evil one. But Jesus has given us a promise. The gates of hell, meaning the forces of devil, darkness, and also death, would not be able to prevail against the church. And all these are made possible because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And the church can be so powerful and unstoppable. That is the church. That is the glorious church. Um, but pause for a while. But sometimes the church seems to have lost its power when we look around. Why? I think it happens when we have failed to resist the evil one. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, put it this way. We need to put on the full armour of God so that we can stand against the scheme of the evil one. When we fail to do so, there are consequences. And over the years, I must say that the devil has been trying to divide the church quite successfully between the Jews and the Gentiles, the Eastern church and also the Western church, the charismatic, non-charismatic and even the word-based and the spirit field. Even in the local church, we can be divided. The young cannot work with the old. The elders have problems with the pastors. Okay, not BBTC, right? In general, and because of COVID, we are divided. Zone 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, all the way to 9. And if I don't like this brother, today he's sitting in zone 1, I sit zone 3. He is zone 2, I will sit zone 5. In today, one big zone. It's okay, I watch online. But the church is never meant to be like this. God's desire is for the church to be one. 
Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, is the first time where the word church appears in the New Testament. This word, ecclesia, is a compound word. A compound word means two or three words joined together to form a new word, like watermelon, strawberry, cheesecakes, hot dog, hamburger. Wow, suddenly you feel hungry, right? Or, or, or food, you know, but compound word. All right, this, this compound word church has already been used by the Greek to describe a group of people who come together to govern a city. So not something new. However, there's something they need to relearn because there is a key difference. The key difference is this. It is not just a church. The difference is in the pronouns. My church. My church. Jesus said, I will build my church. It means that there's only one church to begin with. Not your church, no. Not my church, no. But His church. And guess what? We are His, that one church. You get the idea? Not our church, but His church. But we are His church. The glorious church where Jesus desired for us to be one. That's why He prayed in John chapter 17 that the church might be one as the Father and Son are one. And today, the devil is still attacking the church. But how? Within our soul. What do you mean? You see, I've learned over the years that often the devil speaks to us in the first person, using the pronouns I, me, myself. So when that happens, he makes us think that these are our thoughts, but they are not. The devil will not say, you are useless. He will whisper and say, I am useless. And then after you think, yeah, I'm useless. Or you will say, no one loves me. Yeah, no one loves me. You think these are your thoughts, but they are not. God will never forgive me this time. God will never forgive me this time. That's how it works. So how can we overcome this? Remember, the armour of God. Include the sword of the Spirit. Go back to the Word. What did God say? God said He has loved us with an everlasting love. That's why He sent Jesus to die for us. God loves you. Don't ever forget this. God has forgiven you. As far as the east is from the west, so far has He taken away your sins. God wants to use us. He who began the good work in you will see it to completion. And when we resist the devil, he will flee from us. Resist the devil when he tries to deceive us. That's how we continue to grow as Christ built His church. Now, brothers and sisters, let me share something that the Lord laid upon my heart to share with you today. The truth is this. I have a question for you. How have it been for you so far? I mean, COVID has been around for almost two years or two years. How has your walk been with God so far? Is it getting better? Have you grown? I know it's not easy for some as a pastor, I noticed there are three observations which I want to share with you that burdens my heart. And I want to do it as loving as I can. Usually I don't do that, but allow me to do so. Because some of our brothers and sisters have not been coming to church for a long time. I'm talking about a few weeks 
or even a few months. I'm talking about maybe even a year. Of course, some have valid reasons. The elderly parents, babies at home, you know, so they want to be a little bit more careful. We understand. Or maybe because, you know, during the period where we have no Sunday school and the Sunday school is actually uh, via Zoom, so the children had to be at home and the parents had to be at home to assist them. That's great. We have wonderful um, online services, so please tap on that. But if we have a choice, then the question is this. Will we still come on site? The three observations is this. Have we chosen convenience versus conviction? Very convenient. Wa? Pajamas also can watch service anytime. 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 10 o'clock, anytime. Very convenient. But the conviction is, as we see the day approaching, all the more we must gather together to encourage one another. That is from Hebrews chapter 10. They were not counted. Not applicable during COVID. It doesn't work like that. Is it convenience versus conviction? Or is it comfort versus commitment? Very comfortable. Very comfortable. So, no need any commitment. I want to watch this, I watch. I don't want to watch, it's also okay. I don't get a ticket, it's okay. It's like going for a movie. This show don't have, it's okay, another show. This church don't have, I go to another church. Let me say this lovingly. What happens is when we think like this, consumerism slips into the church and presume that we do not need to contribute anymore. We are family. This is God's church. We all have to contribute. We don't come here as consumer. We come here to contribute because this is our church that belongs to Jesus. Pastor, you don't understand. Watching online makes more sense. You see, when the speaker speaks very slow, then we can make it two times faster. After all, what we can cover in one hour, I do two. After you can cover in half an hour, I do uh, one. You know, it's better to do of time. Just speed up. Is that how it works? It's like telling God, God, you know, I understand these are your servants. You speak through them. But speed up. Come on, speed up. We are Singaporeans. Speed up, God. This is what they're telling God. And after the service, immediately, very convenient, next feet. Disney plus plus plus. You name it. How about coming to church together to worship God? To take the Lord's Supper together. To read the scriptures together. To pray together. Think again. Is convenience, comfort, consumerism really of the Lord? How has that helped you to grow so far? How has this COVID affected or improved your walk with God? There was a time during Christmas we will come together to reach out to our loved ones, people coming forward to pray for their salvations. There was a time where the church come together to bless the poor and needy. There was a time there was a time that we come together as a church to celebrate the love of God on Christmas. This year, how would Christmas be like for you? Online? 
perhaps it's time to come back together to worship the Lord. I really, this, I really believe that this burden that the Lord has laid upon my heart is something that He wants me to share with you today. We saw we can, of course, bless someone, you know, through the Christmas shoebox. Or we can bless someone in BCS. It is not about filling up the seats. You know how can we fill up all the seats? Have less chairs. Sure, fill up one. But there's a battle going on. We must not forget that. Because after a while, we might end up saying, Christianity no longer works for me. Why? Because we fail to take heed of what God says. So, think again. Think again. You look very serious. You're not supposed to be serious. As the Lord lead us and reveal that to us, may He help us to grow stronger together beyond COVID. Again, how? Relearn when the Lord reveals. Resist when the devil deceives. That brings us to the last point for the day. We need to reject what the self desire. You see, as the as Christ built the church, we also need to recognize that the self-life needs to die. But how? Oh, we need to resolve in our heart to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. Now, that doesn't mean to follow God blindly. There was a story told of a group of young people going to meet the queen for a meal. They felt very honored, but did not know what to expect. So they asked one of the staff, and the staff told them, don't worry, you know, just follow the queen, and then you'll do fine. The first dish came, so that they followed the queen very closely as she had her appetizer. It was perfect. Then the soup came. The queen added some pepper, they followed, and added some salt, they followed. Then after they stirred the soup, they also followed. And then the queen lifted up the bowl, they also followed. It was then the queen bent down and gave it to his cat. <laughs> they forget to bring their own cats. Church, we cannot follow blindly, especially when it comes to following Jesus. And Jesus tells us exactly how we are to do so as He built His church in the text we are to read. Then Jesus said to His disciples, If anyone wants to come after Me, let him deny himself and take up the cross daily and follow Me. And whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for My sake will find it. And for what is it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeit his soul? And what shall the man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly, I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The Lord bless the reading of his word. The passage begins with, Then meaning Jesus continued to tell His disciples what they were to do as He built His church. What kind of church would it be like? From the text, it is a church that consists of disciples who have resolved to follow Jesus by denying themselves, take up the cross daily and follow Him. From this text, we also can see there are two ways to live our lives as a Christian. First, you can deny yourself or live for yourself. You can take up the cross or ignore the cross. You can follow Christ or you can follow the world. You can save your soul or you can forfeit your soul. But 
in order to do so, the self-life, the sinful nature, the flesh must die. It must die in us so that we can follow. But how? When the self-life want to do their own things, we need to reject it. We need to resolve in our heart that whatever God says, we will follow. The problem with Christianity today is not that the church is not following Jesus. The problem is that the church is not following Jesus wholeheartedly. That is the problem. When Jesus said, wait, you say, let's go. When Jesus said, let's go, you say, wait. When Jesus said this, you say that. When Jesus said that, you say this. No wonder the church is not advancing. And the consequences is great. It doesn't just affect us. It affects our families, our members, our ministry, our work, and even the lost who are out there dying when we say, no need to reach out anymore. COVID. Jesus did not just give us the blueprint of what it means to follow Him. Jesus modeled for us. He modeled for us. He denied Himself as the Son of God when He came to this earth. He took the cross and died for us. He followed the instruction of the Father wholeheartedly and today He's calling us to follow Him. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow Me. And Jesus did not stop there. He continued to say that when we do so, when we choose to follow God all the way, He will repay us according to what we have done. Meaning, there will be rewards. Oh, I love rewards. The truth is, the greatest rewards for following Jesus all the way is that one day, we will become more and more like Jesus. The greatest reward is Christ in us, or what we call Christ-likeness. Is that what you want? This is what God desires the church to desire, to be like His Son, the image of the living God. Jesus did not stop there. Interestingly, Jesus continued to say to His disciples, there are some of you standing here who will not taste death until you saw the Son of Man in glory. What was He talking about? Until we read the next chapter, we realize that Jesus was trying to tie in all that we have read beautifully in the next few verses. Because six days later, some of them, referring to Peter, John, and James, saw Jesus in His glory at the Mount of Transfiguration. Not only so, this time round, they hear from themselves, not from Peter, but from the Father. The three disciples heard from the Father himself what he had to say about Jesus. This is what the Father said, This is my Son whom I love. With Him I'm well pleased. Listen! Listen to Him as He built His church. Listen! Not what people say. Not even what you think. Listen to what the Father said. The Father said, This is my Son, the Son of the living God. I'm well pleased. Listen to Him as He built His church. With that, let me close with a story. 
for mentoring, usually we will end with um, sharing our prayer requests. So recently, after I shared mine, one of them asked, God, I noticed nowadays, uh, after sharing your prayer requests, you will end with pray for the church. Why the church has a lot of problems? I'm looking at the church. Do you have a lot of problems? <laughs> of course, there are issues to be resolved. But I thought about it. I must confess that actually it's true. No? Because after I joined the church full-time, instead of keep thinking about the school, my students, you know, in fact, we just had our 20th anniversary, the school anniversary. And I started to think more about the church. Swimming, also church. You know. Before I sleep, also church. Drink coffee, also think about the church. And sometimes as a pastor, I feel quite helpless. Maybe I'm not very experienced, you know, but I just felt very helpless. Helpless when I hear about marriage problems, members not feeling well, some not doing well at work or in school, children not walking with the Lord, ministry challenges, and COVID is not helpful at all. So what do you do? I mean, of course, there are wonderful moments, people getting married, getting baptized. But the tendency is to think about those who are not doing so well. So when I look at all this, and I look at my own soul, I realize that oh, there are a lot of things that are inside that need to change. A lot of problems inside. And I sat there after mentoring, thinking about all these challenges. It was then I received a text from a sister. Oh, the 35th anniversary video. I believe most of you have watched it. It's quite fun, you know, because I was watching it. And some of our brothers and sisters were there, you know, especially when they were younger. You know, we have our SP, you know, Yvonne, uh, Elder, Paul, uh, Elder Raymond, Paulian. You know. After watching it, the Lord impressed upon my heart this question. Kokuan, who are you looking for? I must say that actually I was looking for myself like, and see whether I'm in the video or not. <laughs> you know? then I look, okay, of course, okay, I look for other people as well. You know? and, and I say, okay, you know, God, you know, that's my answer. I mean, who else? Oh, there's Uncle Jeffrey, Go and um, Pastor Daniel Cole, Auntie Im also there, and they were all there. It then dawned upon me that God is talking about something else. I said, God, what are you trying to say? And it was so clear as if God is saying, God, I'm also there. I'm also there. In good times and not so good times, Suddenly, there was this uplifting when God says, I was there and I will be there for your brothers and sisters. Trust me. I was there and I will be there. So I replayed the video one more time. This time, I started to picture God in every scene, every picture, every photo. Whether it's the church anniversary or whether the wedding or KFC or the drama. Hey, God was there from the beginning to the end because He kept His promise when He said, I will build my church. And today, He's still here with us in joy and sorrow, in celebration, in pain, even in COVID. God is saying, I will build my church. And all you need to do is this, as Christ built the glorious church, we learn when the Lord reveals. We are 35 years old. We think we know a lot. Sometimes we need to relearn. We need to relearn. 
When the devil tried to deceive, we must learn to resist. When the self desire things that are not of God, we need to learn to reject. That's how Christ built His church. And with that today, before we pray, I just want to end the message with the video again. But this time round, my prayer is that God will open your eyes to see Him in all these pictures. The sin, every occasion, every event, through it all, Christ is there. Christ is there. And He will be there for you as He has promised. Christ will build His church. Shall we watch the video together? Let's close our eyes and bow our heads before our God. Do you see that? With your spiritual eyes, that God is there. He's with you. He's with us. And today, He's still with us.